You're listening to The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. Join Dell and BJ in conversations about poker theory and bridging the gap between theory and application. We're all in this together. This week's topic, how to be happy playing poker. Hey, Dell, how's it going this week? Uh, you know, it's going all right. Things could be better. Things could be worse. Headed in here to the Thanksgiving week. I uh, got the week off. Get to spend some time with my wife and my son, Kyle. Um, and my son, Donovan's out of jail. So happy, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, that sounds like a story all to itself and probably one that we don't want to get to here. No, no, we won't. <laughs> but I'm glad he's not in jail anymore. That's fantastic. Uh, so Yeah, so we're not going to have any family with us for Thanksgiving. We're going over to friend's house, and we've known these friends for like 20 years. So we're going to have Thanksgiving with them, and I think we're going to do a macaroni and cheese tasting. If you've never done these tastings before, we will taste random foods like a whole bunch of different applesauces, or a whole bunch of different vanilla ice creams, or in this case, a whole bunch of different macaroni and cheeses, Cracker Barrel, Kraft, Annie's, store brand, whatever you have. And then we'll write about them. We'll write like little exposés about them of uh, little reviews, like Yelp reviews or something. And then we'll share them. And invariably, we all have different favorites. Other than Thanksgiving, a couple other things coming up. Yesterday was my birthday, and I had a fantastic birthday. I went to Maryland Live in the morning. I won. I came home for my favorite food. We had sushi. And then my wife made coffee cake. Her great aunt has a fantastic coffee cake recipe that is to die for. I'll actually link it in the show notes and we'll put it on the webpage. It is that good. And then I went back to Maryland Live in the evening. I figured it's my birthday. Why not play a bonus session? And I crushed it. It was a fantastic day. Later this week is my son's birthday. So good things happen in November. What can I say? Well, happy birthday to your son. Happy birthday to you. Thank I'm you. sure you're grateful for all those presents you get from Maryland Live uh, patron. They're very generous. Maybe now at the age of 44, your uh, petite goatee will grow a little. I doubt it. I doubt it. Where I think I might shave it off after No Shave November. I do have to report back to friends in December to show them what it looks like after a full month. And honestly, it looks no different after 15 days than it looked after five days. I, I strongly suspect it's going to go. In December, it's going to shave off. I think we actually need a t-shirt. Uh, I have a petite goatee. It's cringeworthy. It's really cringeworthy. I think that's the best way to describe it. I'm not happy with it. And that's a good segue because in honor of Thanksgiving this week, we decided the perfect topic for a podcast would be happiness. How to be happy playing poker, which might bleed into how to be happy in general in life. Yeah, I, I think that this is a good topic. I think that this is interesting to come up in this particular week because I'm not necessarily happy in poker at the moment. I have moments where I'm happy at it, and then I have moments where I'm not. And this is one of those moments where I'm a little down about my poker results. I'm a little unhappy with my poker study. I'm a little unhappy with pretty much everything poker at the moment, except this podcast, which is doing really good and, and I always enjoy. So the thing that that happens with me is that I have a tendency to tie my happiness in poker to my results. You can't do that. Poker is really, really painful at times if you tie your happiness to the results. It's unreasonable to expect that we're going to win every time. 
We've mentioned countless times on the show, you get all in preflop with aces, it's a little bit more than an 80% favorite. It's going to lose almost 20% of the time. And we expect it to win all the time. And I remember telling our son when he was younger, actually everything I've told him was when he was younger. Kind of like every single photograph you have is when you were younger. Anyway, I remember telling our son about this happiness gap. I don't know whether the happiness gap is an official psychological term, but it's what I have dubbed the gap between what you think ought to be and what is. And when you think what ought to be is different from what is, that violates your expectations and leads to disappointment. So you can either do what my wife does and lower her expectations to rock bottom. You can accept what is and not compare it to what ought to be, or just Make the decision that you really don't have any control over what ought to be, and maybe just completely get rid of the notion that things ought to be a certain way. I mean, who am I? Am I the king of the universe that says a thing should happen a certain way? No. So there really is no ought. It just is. And I think the quicker we can accept what is, the happier we'll be. Now, if we're not content with what is, maybe we could take some steps to change what we do to come out with certain outcomes. But again, that's not guaranteed. I think you've mentioned in previous episodes that there is no guarantee that hard work will pay off. It's not necessarily the case that what you put into something is going to increase what you get out of something. It might increase the likelihood of it happening, but there's no guarantee. Absolutely. Um, And just to put it exactly how I put it. You you paraphrased it very well, but exactly the way I've put it is that hard work is not a guarantee of success. Hard work is just a guarantee of better odds. of success. You're going to get better odds for success, but it doesn't guarantee the success because there's negative variance in this game and there's negative variance in life. So it doesn't matter where you apply this. You can do everything right and not get good results. You can do everything wrong and possibly get good results. What you do is you are manipulating the odds of the possibility of good results when you make good decisions. When I'm thinking about this, and you talk about the difference between what ought to be and what is, and and what it brings to mind for me is the fact that happiness is a choice. But it also could be stated that happiness is a decision. We can make a decision to be happy, a choice to be happy, where we're at. And and that comes from finding a way to be grateful for the things that we have at this moment. Um, Because when we can have gratitude, it's real hard to be sad. When we can be grateful for things, it's real hard to be angry. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's harder. It's, It's real hard to feel sorry for yourself when you can say, I'm really grateful that I have all these friends to play this game with. I'm really grateful that I have enough money to play this game. I'm really grateful that I had the time to play this game. I'm really grateful that I have a spouse that allows me to play this game. When we start thinking about those things that are that we can be grateful for in this moment, regardless of the results of any action or decision we may take on the table, it's it becomes a lot easier to be happy no matter what happens. I remember you gave us that tool. And by the way, that is one of the tools we want to mention is making the choice to be happy and getting away from the whole dichotomy of is versus ought. A few episodes ago, we had talked about reframing judgment into curiosity. And that's a decision. I can't I can't control how I react emotionally immediately in that instant when the donkey makes a terrible play and I get sucked out on and grr, I'm angry. But 
I do have a decision of how I act on that. And by changing my future self, by rewiring my brain to prime myself in the future, I can see those same occurrences happen again and not have the same reaction. And we had talked about something like a poker journal or a poker gratitude journal where I would get angry. I would go away and I would ask myself some priming questions like, okay, why did this upset me? What really happened? What can I do about it? And oh, by the way, shouldn't I be grateful that this player played so terribly? Because now I know about it. I can profile that player. In the future, I will more likely win from them. And I made the right decisions. So who cares about the results? I made the right decision. And now I have even more information to make better decisions against that player in the future. So by making the conscious decision to, in this instance, maybe not choose happiness, but choosing a different frame of mind to approach the problem, I'm able to tackle future instances of that problem in a better, healthier way because I've primed myself, I've rewired my brain to do that. And you had talked about, it's not having what you want. It's wanting what you have and being grateful for what you have. And I know I kind of made up a psychological term before with the happiness gap. But this one, I believe, actually is a psychological term, and it's called the hedonic treadmill. And the hedonic treadmill is the, you have the illusion of moving forward, like you're on a treadmill. You're walking, and you're not going anywhere. So you accomplish something. You experience a little bit of happiness momentarily, maybe for a while, maybe it's prolonged, but then you become habituated to it, and you want more, and you strive for more. You eventually achieve more, become happier again, temporarily, maybe for a bit longer, but still you become habituated. And it's a cycle of achievement, temporary happiness, habituation, and then you're back to where you were. It's the whole keeping up with the Joneses. And so I would say another tool that we have is to not compare yourself to others. And Dell, you and I had a conversation last week on the phone because you noticed this in me last week. I was comparing myself to others poker success. And even though I've been relatively successful playing poker, I've made more money in the past two years than ever playing poker, I still see others totally crushing it. And not just crushing it, but crushing it at higher stakes for higher volumes. And that's where I want to be in like 10, 12 years when I retire or when I have an adult child who no longer lives with me and I have the luxury of playing more. That luxury that I don't have right now of playing more it's something that I want. The ability to have thousands of hours under my belt, something that I want. I don't have it right now. It's unrealistic for me to expect that I have it right now because I have a teenage son and a wife. My family situation is completely different. And yet I still fall into that trap of comparing myself to others. And you put it perfectly. You said comparing yourselves to others robs you of joy. Well, yeah, actually, uh, that's Marcus Aurelius. I can't really take credit for that. Comparison is the robber of joy. That's him, not me. But I will certainly say that I'll, I am just as guilty this week as you were last week. Now, it was one of the reasons it was easy to see you comparing yourself to others and realizing that it was robbing your joy from the game was because I do it so often. Why can't I be, well, why can't I be like BJ? Here's the funny part. I want to know that when, when I can go play, I have plenty of money to play with and that I'm going to win about 70% of my sessions, that I'm going to make more than enough money to invest, to pay off my truck. To, so 
there's a lot of people that wish they were you. But here's the problem. Anybody who compares themselves to you is robbing themselves of joy in the game, just like you were robbing yourself of joy in, the, joy in life. Because here's the truth. I don't know what you go through, B. Nobody, by the way, every time you look at them post, you'll notice that them same people aren't really usually posting losing sessions. Now, the person in question here is more than willing to tell you that he loses, but he's still not posting pictures of him losing because that's not interesting. You know, people in tournaments don't tell you when they're doing badly. They tell you when they're doing well, when they're going deep. Those are the posts we see. And if we compare ourselves to that, we rob ourselves of joy in the game. A lot of that has to do with this, this level of discontent we can have when we start having unreasonable expectations in events or people or things. And one of those people is ourselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have unrealistic expectations of ourselves. We'll find ourselves being unhappy too. We have unrealistic expectations in an event. You will not find happiness if you win the World Series of Poker if you did not have happiness before you played the World Series of Poker. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not how it works. Here is the dilemma we have with happiness. Finding a way to be happy in this moment in time, regardless of the events around us, regardless of what we're going through, regardless of the results of our work, while still having the desire to grow as people in poker. We all think that being happy in this moment means giving up the notion of growing. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you know, the best, most content people in the world are quite capable of being content in this moment, but they don't stop growing. They still put in the work. They still do everything they need to to grow. But their happiness isn't tied to attaining the next level. Yeah, I was thinking about this analogy since my son started working out with me. And I had mentioned that last week. Muscle synthesis involves trauma. When you are building muscle, when you're trying to get hypertrophy, you're trying to get larger, bigger muscles, the exercise isn't the end-all and be-all of the process of muscle growth. When you exercise, what you end up doing is you create all these microscopic tears throughout the muscle. And given proper rest, so that you give the muscle time to recover, and proper nutrition, so you can feed the muscle the fuel it needs to recover properly, it grows back bigger and thicker with more cells and more capability of doing work. That's relatively traumatic. If you were a muscle, if I was a muscle and my person was working me out doing a bunch of bench presses and things, and I experienced a bunch of well, thousands, maybe millions, I don't know, microscopic tears in myself, specifically for the purpose of having me grow bigger, better, stronger, faster, harder, daft punk, everything. I probably wouldn't like that. As a muscle, I would say, no, stop that. It hurts. I don't like that. We don't need to be happy all the time. I'm not saying that we need to be happy 100% of the time. If you've ever seen the movie Inside Out, you know that happiness cannot be in the driver's seat all the time. And sometimes we need to go through some hard things to grow and become happier at a greater level later on that growth that you were talking about it's not always peaches and cream i don't mean to say that you know if we're going to try to find happiness in poker you need to be happy 24 7 i guess what i'm trying to say is that we need to appreciate the journey and not the destination so if i'm trying to appreciate the journey of exercising and getting stronger i have to understand i'm probably going to experience that delayed onset muscle soreness the doms that you get one or two days after 
you do a heavy workout. That's really not pleasant. But in the overall goals I've set for myself, I need to have that happen. Now, can I do things to mitigate the risk or the impact of that muscle soreness? Sure. And I would be wise to do so. I'm not going to get rid of it entirely. But by appreciating the journey and not the destination, I think I'm going to appreciate the highs and the lows. Because I know that even though I'm going to experience lows, I'm going to have the donkey suck out on me. I can only control my decisions, myself, my outlook. And if I appreciate the journey and not just the destination, I think I'll be able to weather those storms better. So maybe that also gives us some more resilience. I don't know. What do you think? Was I rambling too much there? No, no. I think it all makes sense. I want I want to go back to the part where you're talking about not being happy 24-7. And I want to make it clear to anybody who's listening, yet this isn't about being the foo-foo, happy, happy, laughing all the time. What I'm looking for when I talk about happiness in where I'm at is a general overall feeling of happiness. It doesn't mean I don't have moments of sadness within it. It doesn't mean that I don't have moments of anger within it. It means my overall feeling day to day is one of happiness, happiness with my life, happiness with who I am, happiness with my spouse, my family, my children, my job, my poker. So, you know, that doesn't mean there isn't things in my life that I don't want to improve or that I look at and say this very specific thing I'm not happy with. But I, in general, am happy. And I also, when I think about this, because I know there's people out there that suffer from depression that are playing poker and they're going to be listening to this and they're going to be thinking this guy doesn't understand that there's no way I can be happy because I, I have depression or, or whatever your depression may be telling you because everybody's depression tells them something different. I suffer from depression, you know, and sometimes that can be a struggle to find happiness in your life when you are struggling to, with depression. But it is possible. Is it easy? No, it's not. So I, I don't want anybody to think that BJ or I think that this is easy or that it's just a barrel of laughs 100% of the time, all the time. Joy, joy, joy. It's, it's a matter of making positive EV decisions in our lives that lead to happiness. And yeah, I think that when you can learn to accept things as they are, as opposed to the way they ought to be, when you can take a look at that and say, well, I can be happy with with this because I made the right decisions. And I know that over time that will eventually pay off. When we can do that, that certainly strengthens our resilience. Resiliency fades when we don't get the result we want and we don't carry on. When we get a bad result and we decide, well, I'm never doing that again. You had mentioned comparison is the robber of joy. And I think there's a healthy way to compare yourself to someone else. And that's by looking at them as aspirational. In terms of the poker player that I want to be, I want to be that poker player that puts in a lot more volume and has the luxury of playing several days a week, of having an adult child who I could play poker with if they stay local, that'd be fine, and play higher stakes. I aspire to that. The fact that I'm not there now does not mean that there is something in me that is less worthy. When I'm comparing myself to others, I think a typical way of looking at a comparison is I'm looking at them because they have something that I find lacking in myself. I'm not enough. But the truth is I am enough and I am just not there yet. My life circumstances are different than the other person and I can't do that yet. And that's fine. But that doesn't mean I'm not enough. And when we talk about being happy, we're talking about, you had mentioned this early in the episode, 
being happy with who we are, being happy with ourselves. If we can't be happy with ourselves first and foremost, can we really expect someone else to fill that happiness for us? I think that's, again, an unreasonable expectation. Yeah, I think you're talking about two distinct things, because before we before we started recording, we were talking about how all you high performers kind of annoy me, because the reality is, is I've started interacting with high performers because I want to be a high performer. I aspire to be a high performer. And when I hang out with those people or talk to them online or I interact with them on a daily basis, I don't feel bad about it. I feel great. It always makes me feel good. But when I'm comparing myself to them as why aren't I like them? Why aren't I as good as them? Then I start to feel bad about myself. Then I start to to lose my happiness. And that's where comparison is the robber of joy. So I think you're definitely talking about two distinct things there when you're talking about aspiring to have the qualities of somebody who you admire as opposed to comparing yourself to somebody. Yeah, I, I agree with you that you can certainly aspire and not lose happiness. I don't know if though it is a comparison. I'm not going to say it's not a comparison, but it's a distinctly different type. So yeah, I, you know, I aspire to be a high performer and hopefully, you know, doing this podcast with you will eventually will wear off on me. Hasn't yet. <laughs> well, we're only 27 episodes in, so give it time. Maybe by episode 100, we'll do a recap and we'll see. <laughs> so to bring this episode to an end, Want to talk about some things we're grateful about for Thanksgiving? Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I'm thankful for is for the Sleep is a Skill program and the Sleep Reset with Molly McLaughlin. We had her on the show a couple of weeks ago for revolutionizing my relationship around sleep. If I was still the chronically sleep-deprived person that I was a year ago, I would not have nearly the energy I have now, and I would not have finally taken you up on the offer to do the podcast. And so to springboard off that, I'm thankful for the opportunity to actually have the free time and the energy to do this podcast. I think we're helping our listeners. I know I'm getting a lot out of it, so it's kind of selfish. I think my game's improved, so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my family, both my nuclear family, my, my wife and my son. I'm also grateful for my extended family. And, and being able to spend time with them, both my family of origin and my family of choice. I think we have a lot of friends that are honorary family members that we get to spend a lot of time with. I'm thankful for those. I am very grateful that I have a casino that is only 20 minutes away. I'm grateful for having a job that challenges me and pays me pretty well and gives me the flexibility and time off. I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of things. How about you? Well, geez, that's going to be a hard follow-up, but I am grateful for my wife, not because of her support of my poker, but because of her support in life in general. I am grateful for my job. This is not an easy one for me to say because I, I don't want to do my job anymore, but I'm grateful for my job because my job allows me enough time to take and continue my poker studies and my poker play. It allows me to make sure that there's a security in my life at this time being. And you don't always have to love what you do. And it's still, you can still be grateful for it. And that's a nice reminder for me. I'm very grateful for our friendship because, you know, we met through School of Cards. We were both very active there and we've never met face to face. And to be able to have somebody to call up in the middle of the week and be able to discuss problems or what's going on emotionally when you haven't even met them is really unique, in my opinion, and very surprising. And, and I'm very grateful for that friendship. I'm grateful for my dogs. 
because, well, quite frankly, my dogs are better humans than I am. And I'm grateful I aspire to be as good a humans as they are. You know, I'm grateful to all our listeners. And we're now listened to in 17 countries. We are, I think it's gone over 100, but I think the number stops at 99. But I think our first podcast went over 100. And I'm grateful for our listeners for that. Limping is a sin. And it. I'm just really, you know, the funny thing is, is before we started recording, I had shared to you where I was emotionally. And quite frankly, I was, I was depressed and I was sad. And right now I feel very happy and I feel overwhelmed with joy. And all it takes is a little bit of remembering the things that you can be grateful for. And uh, that's kind of what this whole podcast this week is about, is what can we do to be happy in poker? What can we do to be happy in our lives? Excellent. I'm not sure I have anything else to add on this topic. Do you? I do not. It's been great, BJ. Thank you very much for joining me, Dell. It's always a good time. Yeah, I I love you, brother. Happy Thanksgiving. Love you too, man. Happy Thanksgiving. And until next week, enjoy your Thanksgiving, however you celebrate. This has been The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. If you haven't already done so, consider subscribing. And when you're not counting your chips, take a moment to leave the guys a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. Get yours.